three. Here we are! First year-ender of, well, the year. Kasi matapos tayong year. May isa ba akong year-ender na gagawin with another trio, trifecta, ayan, trilateral. Ito, ito, ito. May, may binubuo tayong bagong trilateral. RCM. Yan, Ricardo, Marco, and Cristiano. Thank you very much, Cristian and Mark Gamboa, for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Richard. Looking forward to this, huh? Kamusta dyan? Ano ang balita dyan, Mark Gamboa? Ano ang traffic ngayon sa Hitsa? Saan mo tayo? ang traffic. Friday, uh, last day, bago mag-weekend. So, uh, everyone is going home. So, ang daming tao dito. Grabe. Baka mamay may MD na, pap- na lalapit sa isisigaw kami. Let's get it dyan. Let's Ayan, bro. Ito na, ito na. Let's get the ball rolling. There's so much to discuss. But before we go into kind of a year-ender, big political, you know, uh, you know, events and what are the things we're going to look forward to. Uh, ito, Mark, alam mo naman, pagdating sa itong kaibigan natin, isang itong co-host natin, si Kristan, ito ay isang uh, Bitcoin boy. All right? Pag-usapan natin, and of course, he's, a, he's an entrepreneur. And next, pag-usapan natin, lover boy din yan. Okay, but before... And he's also an actor. Yes, lover boy. Oh, I was with him sa premiere night. Oh, bro, kaya oh. na Kaya kapon, hindi natuloy kasi nagtataping si Kuya. Kaya artist ang ano natin siyan, bro. Okay, Chris, get used to it. Talagang nangasal lang kami. But I can tell. <laughs> okay, Chris, before we go to showbiz and showbiz questions, eto na, eto na. So, where did all of this Bitcoin stuff start? And then, Mark, tapon mo ni mga Bitcoin question mo kasi alam ko, Elon Musk fanboy ka eh. <laughs> so, okay. Unang-una, unang-una, no? um, I'm excited to hear all the questions and whatever you believe, you believe in. Mahilig ako magdebate, as you, I'm sure, like the way you guys do as well. And uh, I always believe that debates make points and thoughts stronger. So, paano ako nagumpisa sa Bitcoin? Ah, uh, lamo like anything else. Ako yung tipong pagmarinig ako ng bagong technology o bagong bagay. Hindi ko agad-agad siya shutdown yan. Ang una kong ano, ang una kong gagawin ay tatanungin ko yung kausap ko, ano bang alam niya about it. And I I remember my friend just literally had a I had a drink with my friend and then he was like, "Have you heard of Bitcoin?" Agad-agad I was like, "Parang narinig ko na 'yan." And then he started explaining it to me. Ang impression ko agad was, "Uy, that sounds interesting, but I don't know enough about it." So ang ginawa ko, sabi niya, "Chris, promise me pag-aaralan mo 'to." Eh ang kulit niya, araw-araw niya akong mini-message, "Oh, napag-aaralan mo na ba? Napag-aaralan mo na." So it took me about a month. Ang ginawa ko, I didn't research on how good Bitcoin is. Ni-research ko about Bitcoin being a scam, Ponzi scheme, going to zero, has no inherent value, is worthless. Yun ang mga ni-research kong uh, Google search points ko. And you know what my, uh, my thesis is? You try to punch as many holes as you can in an argument. Kung punch ka ng punch ng hole and it still holds water, Ibig sabihin nun, you have to find a better hole puncher. And that also means na if it holds water, then it's a sound argument for that particular topic. Nung nakita ko yun, doon ako nag-all in. That was December 2019. I literally called up my broker, sold all my stocks at a 30% loss, called up my insurance broker, canceled my insurance, redeemed all of it. My broker met with me, nagpirmahan kami ng redemption. Sabi niya, sa mo lalagay yung pera, Chris? Sabi ko, lalagay ko lahat sa Bitcoin. Nagulat siya. He didn't believe me. And then I posted on my Facebook. And to this day, andyan pa yung post na yun sa Facebook ko noong December 2019. Tinanong ko lahat ng friends ko, what do you think about Bitcoin? 
99% of the people that replied were laughing, making fun of me, saying don't do it, giving me advice. People private message me saying that I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, mga iba, mga mayayaman, mga taga-Forbes na sobrang yaman, mga financial analysts on ANC messaging me, talking to me about it if I know what I'm doing. And I went all in. And that was, that's history. That's how I got into Bitcoin. Um, well, 2019 was a perfect time, no? Um, uh, just because just before pandemic, because by the next year the the prices go crazy, right? I Wait, mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, it, I mean, it was a good, bro. It was a good timing. Pero remember, ah, nung to, late 2017, mga December 2017, if I remember correctly, or January 2018, nagpeak ang Bitcoin at nineteen thousand dollars. Tapos bumagsak all the way to three thousand. So nung 2019, mababa pa siya at about five to seven thousand. And people were saying, tapos na yan, wala na yan, babagsak na yan. Why are you even going into it? Ako naman, pumasok all the way. So that was how I got in. Ngayon ba nasa magkano na siya? $44,000. Mahal ang bilhin mo ulit? $7,000. Yeah, fuckers! Hindi kasi bumili ka ng 2019 eh. Kung bumili ka ng 2021, medyo... Oh, good. Diba? Because oh. I've been following this. I wanted to do Bitcoin also in 2019, 2020, especially in 2020, diba? Although, I'll be honest, and maybe Chris, you can guide me and Mark. Uh, my worry was the taxes and all of that. Because I'm very particular. I mean, you know, given the nature of my job, I have to be very clear about all of these things. I get tax lawyers for everything I do. So my worry was, nakita ko marami dyan, nagsastock sila, hindi nila alam yung tax law sa US in particular, so nadali sila sa mga issues niyan. Can you tell us a little bit about that kung may alam ko sa mga tax issues? Sure, Can that you... depends. Yeah. That depends on what country you're in eh. Kung sa Pilipinas, uh, Philippines doesn't have a crypto. Ang ngayon pala sa Philippines can bumili, hindi sa US or Canada. Oo, kasi sa US, ah. may kitang crypto regulations doon. Sa Philippines, wala pa tayong crypto regulations uh, for holders. Uh, and the problem is that BIR has signaled so many times so during the height of Axie Infinity na gusto nila itax ang mga Axie players pero hindi nila matatakas ang Axie players because it's in the crypto world. It's in the blockchain. The BIR cannot see kung nasan yung pera or how much everyone has. So it's impossible to tax crypto at this point. Pero pag nasa states ka, matatakas ka talaga. Yep. Dahil malak ma ano, mahigpit ang regulations doon. Number one. Number two, they, ano, they, uh, the US has created a law stating that kung meron kang crypto, kailangan mo siya i-declare. Honor system. Kung hindi mo dineclare, tapos nahuli ka, you will be penalized and you could go to jail. Ayun, may ganun sila. Do you also own other ano, other coins then? Yes, like I do. Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Ah, well, Ethereum, XRP. Do you so own ganun crypto then? Actually, pag tinignan mo yung portfolio ko, I have siguro mga... A minimum of at least 50 coins that I'm in. Pero, pero having said that, I only tell people to invest in Bitcoin. Pwede din Ethereum, that's another one. They, the, the percentage of Bitcoin and Ethereum I have on my wallet compared to any other coin is about 80% to 90% Bitcoin and Ethereum. And then mga 10 to 20% lang yung nilalaro ko talaga. How about yung sa ano, mga NFT? Kasi parang a few years ago, napaka-init. Yeah. Tapos everyone was into NFT, mga board monkeys. Tapos biglang crash na. Paul Brothers, oh. di ba? Dami oh, yeah. Diba yun? Oh. Big time yun. Uh, ano, um, ano, uh, alam mo ano ko opinion ko sa NFTs? Uh, I, I never, I just bought an NFT for my profile photo, mura lang. I don't invest in NFTs kasi 
speculative talaga ang NFTs ngayon. At saka maraming paraan kung paano ma-manipulate ang presyo ng NFTs. Na very simple way to manipulate na people are unsuspecting buyers of these manipulated prices. Na hindi naman talaga ganun kataas, kaya lang i-manipulate yung price upward. So, uh, I always tell people, if you buy an NFT, you like the art, then good for you. At least you see value in it. Pero kung binili mo lang yun para tingin mo, dahil mag-100x ka, good luck sa'yo. 90% of the people that bought NFTs did not 100x. Good luck nga kung mabibenta mo yan. Okay? So especially now, NFTs was the fad nung time na yun. This, this cycle, hindi ko alam kung NFTs pa yung fad. Ang tingin ko yung fad ngayon, this cycle is going to be AI. AI tokens naman. Yung pala next, mga AI tokens na... Kung ano yung next na utility na napoprovide ng mga blockchain ng mga... Kasi nung, nung time na medyo I was starting to learn about it yun, Sa finance, diba? merong, merong iba sa games like Axie Sa ngayon ba, ano ang future nitong blockchain and crypto? Saan papunta? Uh, saan siya pwedeng gamitin? And saan um, siya pwedeng mag-grow? Okay, yung, ano kasi yung technology ng blockchain ano, Is going to change the way we use the internet Uh, a lot of people think it's just financial. Hindi, uh, blockchain is a technology to protect intellectual property and to protect assets and to protect um, data. Okay? And kasi ang problem natin sa Web2 right now is centralized ang Web2. Uh, I want you to try to see kung maintindihan mo itong ano, purpose ng blockchain at Web3. Uh, right now, uh, ang problema sa BDO, for example, di ba nahack ang BDO? You guys remember that hack yung 350 accounts, 50,000 pesos per account na hack. Bakit na hack yun? Dahil centralized yung servers ng BDO. So if a hacker wanted to hack it, they have to access one server. And then yun na, all the, all the shit they can do, kaya na lang gawin yan. And na hack din ng BPI ata, na hack. Tapos Facebook na hack, di ba? All the data was breached because of that. There are a lot of hacks that happen. Even if I remember correctly, was it Gcash na na-hack recently? Maraming hacks because it's centralized. Now, what Web3 is, is called decentralization. Hindi na nasa sa isang server ang lahat ng informasyon na yun. They're now, ano, they're now on a million servers all over the world. Now, when you have a million servers validating the information, what the hacker has to do is hack all one million servers at the same time to be able to change the information, to be able to steal the information. Otherwise, it's unhackable. Yun ang isang property ng decentralized uh, internet or the block, the, the web 3. Yung isa pa, yung blockchain. Yung blockchain naman, ang ginagawa niya, kasi right now, uh, like for example, sa computer natin, ano? Di ba yung information nakalagay sa mga folders, di ba? Marami yan. Ang gulo-gulo niya, di ba? So if a hacker hacked your computer, they go into a folder and then get all your info. Pero sa blockchain, it's different. One folder is connected to another folder, is connected to another folder, is connected to another one, connected to another one. Now, they're all connected. They're all encrypted, each folder. If a hacker wanted to hack one data, he has to hack all of the chain at the same time on a million servers kaya it's impossible to block uh, to hack the blockchain that's why since the inception of bitcoin in 2009 it's never been hacked and trust me people have tried hackers have tried and even the hacker that hacked that that did that video hack that stole millions alam mo ginawa niya after niya na hack yung video 
kinonvert niya lahat to Bitcoin dahil alam niya Bitcoin hindi mahahack. Of course, now we'll go to the other side of the coin. No, I mean, we, we, we see all the pros of the Bitcoin and why is it very attractive. In your case, luckily, you came in at a good time. Uh, I was just looking at the Bitcoin yield over, uh, you know, more than a decade from, I mean, 2010, it was like less than a dollar. Then it went up to, wow, 68,000. <laughs> and then yeah. now it's around 40,000. So if, if you invested in this thing 10, 15 years ago, my God. This is a multi-generational wealth issue. But of course, at the same time, we also have, of course, Chris, issue of people who came in a little bit late without knowing it. They bought it a little bit expensive, let's say in the middle of the pandemic, then prices collapsed. So we had all of these horror stories yep. of, of, of people who came in at the wrong time. Because, you know, there's a, there's a timing aspect to it. You're the lucky one. And not to mention the U.S., the, the taxes are, tax laws are very strict. They're really going to come after you. So there were a lot of people who had kind of a semi-horror stories here and there. But even more than Bitcoin, of course, let's let's expand this. Hindi lang naman Bitcoin. We're talking about digital currencies. And dami mga scam na nangyari. I mean, just yep. some bankman fried uh, case. My goodness. Many people were driven to suicide and worse. They put all of their uh, living, their, their savings into this. So a lot of Ponzi schemers, right? Yep. Emerged during the pandemic period. So how do you look at that? Before I go to another counter argument on this issue, yeah. Okay, so to begin with, you know, there's Bitcoin and then there's everything else. Bitcoin stands head and shoulders above all other altcoins. All other altcoins were created after Bitcoin. Ang pinagkaiba ng Bitcoin sa lahat ng mga altcoins na sinasabi mo, yung mga now about 30,000 cryptocurrencies, is this. Bitcoin has no owner, has no company. There is no office for Bitcoin. They no don't founder. have a president. I mean, who's the founder? We still don't know. So the founder released the code. When he released it, he can't even change the code himself. Sino Can you imagine? Ka- huh? So the founder is this, is, uh, this anonymous person named Satoshi Nakamoto. Which who is a screen is, name. Oh, yeah, it's a screen name. It doesn't exist. And uh, the reason he did that is because he understood that if people knew who he was, the government would probably go after him. Now, when he released the Bitcoin programming code, the open source code, uh, he can't even change it himself. Nobody can. Because to change it, you have to get uh, over 51% of all the nodes and validators to agree to change it. Now, when you have a million validators, good luck trying to get 51% to agree to anything. It's impossible. So, Dahil doon, hindi kayang palitan ng Bitcoin. It's a hard asset. All other cryptos have a founder. They have an office. They have a board of directors. They have a support team. They have a Twitter, a Facebook. They have all of that. Yeah, they have mini central banks, essentially. They have their own central yeah. banks, essentially. They have their which, own which countries. goes against the whole idea of you know a digital currency of libertarian utopia, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why I say 90% of all the cryptos you see now are going to collapse and go to zero. Kaya I do not advise people to invest in any other crypto except Bitcoin. And 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 your suggestion is long haulers? Oh, absolutely. So yeah, we call them hodlers. Yeah, exactly. Mga, ano, uh, just hold it and I promise you this. Uh, you hold it for a minimum of 10 years. It doesn't matter when you come in. You will profit from Bitcoin. Um, so like like you said, Richard, you know, you pani mga pumasok ng 2021 at the peak at sixty thousand dollars. By the way, I bought at sixty thousand dollars. I bought at the peak, okay, and I'm not worried about that. So even if you bought at the price at sixty to sixty-seven thousand dollars, by 
2020, no, excuse me, even by 2024, you're going to be already at break even. By 2025, you're going to be so happy you bought because Bitcoin is probably going to be at six digits already. Probably $150,000 to $200,000 per Bitcoin. So even at today's prices, huh, it's actually cheap. And I'm still buying at today's prices. I actually bought Bitcoins just like a few weeks ago. But you know, Chris, you're making a claim. I'm not sure what's the basis, how how confident you are, because I heard this hundred, two hundred thousand, a million a few years ago. It's it's still not coming true. I mean, huh? don't you think that uh, there's going to be some sort of a maturation period before there's another peak? Or, well, I mean, of course you're betting big on this. I'm just saying, aren't you overpromising in, in a way? Um, how okay. are you? I mean, where do you get your certainty? Yeah. So the certainty comes from several things. You know, um, number one, there's a There's a stock to flow supply uh, chart that they created. The stock to flow chart is based on gold and based on commodities actually. So they traced kasi gold because gold is a scarce uh, commodity. Eh. Uh, you can't just mine gold forever. Eh. Meron a limited supply. So pakonti ng pakonti yung supply ng gold. And what they noticed is that they charted it against the price of gold. And they noticed that as the supply dropped, the price of gold kept going up. So they put that same chart on Bitcoin's flow and, and supply, okay? And what they noticed is that nung pinace nila yung historical prices ng Bitcoin, dun sa supply chart ng Bitcoin, nagulat sila, it matched perfectly. And then nun naalala ko, nung nakita ko yung chart na yun, it was at $7,000 per Bitcoin. Nung nakita ko yung chart, tinitignan ko sa mapunta, sabi ko, uy, by 2021, it's going to hit mga... I was expecting it to be a hundred thousand. Sabi ko, wow. Okay, bumili ako agad at seven. Sure, it didn't hit a hundred thousand that time. It hit sixty-seven thousand. No problem. This cycle is going to be bigger than the last cycle for several reasons. Number one is called a supply shock. Every four years, the Bitcoin flow or the number of Bitcoins that's minted or mined, excuse me, is cut in half. So nababawasan yung, parang yung gripo, pahigpit na pahigpit, pakonti na pakonti yung bumabagsak na tubig. So that's the supply shock that will send the price up. The second one is called the demand shock. Alam mo, Richard uh, and Mark, from the inception of Bitcoin to today, institutional investors, I'm talking about the biggest bank managers, the biggest fund managers, People like uh, companies like BlackRock, if you've ever heard of BlackRock and how amazingly, massively huge they are. They've said they don't like just Bitcoin. Just 10 trillion, right? I think they're just 10 trillion dollars. Yeah, exactly. BlackRock just manages 10 trillion dollars. Okay, That's how massive they are. Now, I want you to think about that number. That's one. And there's 10 of these asset managers. Combined, they probably control about 100 trillion dollars of assets. Now... Here's the big difference. This is what I call demand shock. This year, they looked at Bitcoin and said, oh my God, we have to offer Bitcoin to all our clients. And they did a study on it. And that study, they did internal study and hindi nila pinublish. Na nag-leak lang. Dito sa internal study na to, nire-recommend nga nila na dapat 80% of their assets is in Bitcoin. But of course, they're not going to recommend that. So what they're going to do is to diversify it and recommend about 2% to 5% conservatively into Bitcoin. When you're talking about 5% of 100 trillion, that's $5 trillion of money flowing into Bitcoin in the next 5 to 10 years. That's a demand shock. When that happens, the price of Bitcoin will go up because the market cap of Bitcoin now is only at $800 billion. 
I want you to imagine the market cap of Bitcoin at 10 trillion dollars. A 10 trillion dollar market cap is about a 1 million dollar per Bitcoin price. Okay, yeah, that's why I know like it's going to go up. Almost 20 times the current price. Well, I mean, again, I get it. I mean, it, if, if you have trillions of dollars slushing around, it makes sense to diversify your options. So I think it's it's the rigor for any big companies to have their you know their 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 fingers deep in any cookie jar, including yep. some dodgier cookie jar. But speaking of supply shock, I mean, we know that the governments are also stepping in to issue also their digital currency. I think China is the biggest one coming in, banning Bitcoin. Uh, we saw some countries like was it El Salvador, the 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 millennial dictator going Bitcoin. I'm not sure things turn out very well for him. So I don't know. I mean, for me, some of these projections are not perhaps taking into consideration government action as big countries like China, who knows, in mm -hmm. Europe, among others, may also issue their own certified digital currencies to compete with Bitcoin. And what do you have to say about that? Oh, you know, first of all, I love your questions, sir, Richard and Galeng. I love it. Ah, so here's the thing. Uh, that's a fallacy, what you said about El Salvador experiment not going well. It wasn't going well, but guess what? Today, it's going amazing. They're already in profit from their Bitcoin reserves. Higher profit than they've ever had if they just kept it in like bonds or whatever investments that are safe and giving a, what, 3 to 5% return. They're actually in profit. You can look it up. Um, so yes, their Bitcoin experiment is working and it's going to get better for them, number one. Number two, uh, the 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 question about China and banning Bitcoin. Um, alam mo ba, so many times China, this is not the first time China tried to ban Bitcoin. They did. They've tried to ban Bitcoin so many times. What happened? People bought more. The more the government tries to ban Bitcoin, the more people will want to buy it. That's how things work. Remember, the more the government doesn't want you to do something, the more people crave and want it. Okay, so the China the China banning is not working. Number one, number two, you're talking about digitizing the currencies that China, EU is planning to do it. The US is looking at it. It's called CBDCs, central bank, central bank denominated currencies, CBDCs. Now here's the problem with CBDCs and why the CBD CBDC idea may, might fail. Uh, is this? I wanna. I want you to uh, imagine what happened in Canada during COVID. I don't know if you guys know what happened. The truckers were uh, protesting the COVID sanction restrictions that time. Ang ginawa ng Canadian government ng time na yon, dahil ayaw nila hintuin yung protest nila, the Canadian government actually froze all their bank accounts of all the truckers. Okay, think about what happened. They're freezing the bank accounts. Now, let That's... me confirm that. I mean, this is the Trudeau administration we're accusing. Yes, right? yes. You can I check that. I want to check that because I know th th these truckers in, I don't know, Ottawa are like heroes of alt-right. So it's like... Yeah. But okay, uh, like, okay, I'll, I'll check yeah. that myself. Yeah, yeah. Richard, Richard uh, do check my info. Check my facts. Check, check what I'm saying. And if I'm wrong, I'll I know, I'll redact the statement. I'll retract it. Okay, but but check it. I'm positive on this one. So anyway, what happened was he froze their bank accounts. Okay? Now, and... Uh, and eto pa. In... In the States, uh, in Ukraine, you know what happened with the Ukraine war, right? The U.S. sanctioned Russia. And I, oh, I, I don't like Russia. I like what the U.S. did. They froze the U.S. reserves, U.S. dollar reserves of Russia. Do you know about that? All the dollar reserves of Russia was yeah, yeah, it's frozen and taken away. Yeah, several billion. It was massive, right? And that's what collapsed the Russian economy. That's the problem with centralized currency 
The government, if they don't like how you look, what you say, they can confiscate and freeze your money. And with Web2 now, they can do that already. Diba? Amla. How many ako, na-freeze na yung accounts ko ilang beses na? Bad trip talaga. Hassle yan sobra. And if I try, if you try to take out $10,000 outside of the Philippines, good luck trying to get through immigration. They're gonna ask you, why are you taking it out? Where are you going? What are you doing with your own money? Why does the government care what you do with your own money? Diba? Hassle yun ha? Now, okay, here's... The... I'll push back against you again. Okay, I'll no. actually correct on this uh, free no. account. I checked it 2020. But but let me say, uh, uh, by the way, just good news, El Salvador is now offering just in citizenship to crypto owners. So, <laughs> amigo, soon you're going to be an amigo not... Latino. Okay? I don't want to go to El Salvador. Right, big... but, but going back to this, I mean, I can completely see your point of defying, uh, you know, sanctions, etc., But isn't that exactly why a lot of dodgy countries like North Korea, hackers, uh, underground works, terrorist organization have been accused? Or there's quite evidence to suggest that they're using Bitcoin to circumvent sanctions. It's not like sanctions against Russia had no moral basis. I think Putin deserved that sanction in a way, not the Russian people. Gonna... So I, I don't know, like I, I get your point that you push back against tyrannical intervention, but you're also allowing petty tyrants to get away with nasty stuff, right? I mean... Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, here's the side to do that. I'm just saying, you know, just yeah, trying no, to balance. No, no. You're you're absolutely right. Uh, but here's here's the no. Here is the you have to look at it in the context, the whole context of uh of uh let's say money laundering and uh money used for illicit activities. Uh, Bitcoin's use in illicit activities is actually less than what, like I think less than five percent. You know what the most used. Currency yeah, is. Chris, if it's going to be you know what the most trillion, used 5% of 10 trillion is going to be what? 500 billion or something like that? That's still yeah, but, but, huge. But, but the, the point I'm trying to make is this. If you're telling me that, well, paano yung ginagamit for illicit activities? Well, I think they have a bigger problem with cash where 95% is used in, of illicit activities is transacted in cash and they haven't been able to figure that out. And you're telling me you're worried about Bitcoin? When they have a bigger problem that they've never been able to figure out. So Amla, by the way. Worth it. It's worth it. The risk is worth it. Like you're acknowledging well, risk, but you're saying it's worth it. No, actually, I find But Bitcoin to be even safer than cash. Because sa cash, hindi mo talaga matatrace yan. With Bitcoin, you can actually trace it. Because everything is on the blockchain. Everything is open source. Everything is completely transparent. You can tell the origin of every single Bitcoin you buy. That's why Bitcoin is actually better than cash. And it can't be counterfeited. So wala nang counterfeits pagdating sa Bitcoin. Unlike cash, you know ang problem ng government counterfeiting. Right? That's a big problem with any government. Last Not point, Chris. Last point, Chris. Uh, before we go back to Mark, and we talk about the other issue, which is very important, entrepreneurship. Thank you. By the way, thank you. I'm just I'm just trying to make this discussion balanced. I hope I'm not coming off as like nega. I'm just trying not. to put it into context. Uh, I mean, the, the other thing, of course, uh, with uh, with the issue of you know digital currencies and all is, may mga kaso tayo ng mga tao na they forgot their password and all <laughs> of that. That's the thing, right? You're saying the good thing is there's no one really in charge. It's a kind yep. of an Good anarchy, but the problem is then there's no you know there's no fallback option if something goes wrong, right? Let's say yeah, Gamboa, I don't know did something and he forgot. I mean, there's so many people their their passport and now it's worth like 200 million dollars. That's the problem. No. There's no shop to go to if something goes wrong. That's my problem with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's the same as ano eh, um, if you lose your wallet, diba? I mean, you have nowhere to go to. If you lose your cell phone, you have no one to go to, diba? It's your fault, right? You can go to the 
police and report themselves. Yeah, you can. That you lost your phone, right? Paano na? You drop your phone. If you lost your password, wala na. Yeah, so here's the thing. <laughs> yeah, Mark, <laughs> nakatakot. Absolutely. Oh. Um, you know what scares me more than holding on to my own money? The bank holding on to my money. Because you know how many bank runs have happened already? Another example I'm going to give you, Lebanon. Alam ba in Lebanon when that explosion happened in 2019 after that bumagsak yung economy nila? Chris, that's people... an extreme case. Come on. No, that's it's not. Crazy. You're going to no. give me Lebanon and North Korea. I mean, I on. want you Richard, case. I think I think uh, there's a, that's a misnomer when you say it's extreme. There are so many countries that are in hyperinflation right now. Venezuela is in hyperinflation. Argentina is in hyperinflation. Sure, Turkey, yeah. Turkey. Le- Lebanon. I mean, like I'm telling you, there are a lot of countries in hyper. There are more probably more countries in hyperinflation than countries that are not in hyperinflation. Even the Philippines is a high has a high inflation. The U.S.'s inflation is high, and in the, and that's a big problem. So I want you to imagine that uh, the bank holds your money. You go to the bank. Everyone's trying to get the money at the same time. What did the government do in Lebanon? They put the military in front of all the people and said, "You cannot take out your money." na yung mga tao, alam mo, ginawa nila isang babae, pumasok doon, may dalang barrel he nulled up niya yung bank just to get her old money. And she said, I'm only robbing the money that this bank holds for me. This is my money. And then she walked out a hero. It's on the news, that one. So the point I'm trying to make is this. If you think it's scary to hold on to your money, trust me, the bank holding on to your money is scary here. If you have a couple of million pesos in the bank, try to withdraw all of it at the same time. Let's see if it's going to be easy or hard. It's going to be very hard. So, kailangan lang ng mindset set shift. Eh. Nasanay tayo at na-condition na tayo at na-brainwash tayo to believe that inflation is good, number one. Number two, that you need a bank. You don't need a bank. You actually should learn how to have self-custody of your own money. That is the safest way to go. This is a mind shift. That's why a lot of people have a hard time understanding the the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and the importance of it because they have this uh, thinking that's been inculcated in us since the yeah, 1970s. Yeah, yeah, Precon- yeah, preconceived bias and all. No, no, I mean I'm just trying to have a balanced discussion here. Uh, now. I'm sure Mark, but but I I want to ask you what is your advice? Although I will disagree with inflation is bad necessarily. You need a certain degree of inflation to get the economy going. You can ask Japan about deflation and stuff. But we can talk about macroeconomics separately. But going back to this, what is your advice doon sa mga Bitcoin in terms of password nila and all para hindi mangyari yung mga like what is the okay. Yeah, can, can you give us a, like the one, two, three step of Absolutely. getting Bitcoin? So, so, let's do that part. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So here's the thing about, uh, no, uh, about Bitcoin. Uh, no. You might have any horror stories about people forgetting their passwords. That happened because during that time, there was no value in Bitcoin. Now, when you have a bag that doesn't have a value, you just buy it. But you noticed that when you have a bag, like your iPhone that you value so much, man, you're holding on to it like a hawk. Diba? So ganun din yan. When you have something that you understand that's valuable, you won't be just carelessly forgetting your password. Now, hindi yung password yung problema sa Bitcoin at sa cryptocurrency. The problem really is, and the real security is the 16 to 24 word seed phrase. Yan yung pinaka-importante. Because even if they have your password, they will not be able to access your Bitcoin wallet or your crypto wallet The only way to really access it is getting the 16 to 24 word seed phrase. Yun yung kailangan mo protectahan. Now, how do you protect it? You write it on a piece of paper, put it in a sealed envelope, put it in a safety deposit box. Or you can engrave it. Ako yung ginawa ko, engraved on a steel plate. Yeah, steel plate engraved. Sealed, yung steel plate. 
may, may seal talaga yan. Ha? And then nakalock yan. Nakalagay sa vault. Pag yan, nabuksan, alam ko na nabuksan na yan. So that's how I keep it safe. And I have the key to that. That's how you keep it safe. And you have to learn talaga to be careful with all your properties. Yun lang naman yun at the end of the day. Yeah, I think your counter-argument to me is like if I said your Lebanon case was extreme, you can easily all say, but Richard, you're also raising extreme cases of passport. No, no, not at all. And you know what, no, Richard? But I think, I, was in, I think I, that will be my argument against myself. Like, come on, Richard, you cannot use that as a... Can I ask na lang, what is your helpful advice yeah. for safety, etc.? And, et and yeah. remember, if you, lose the, if you lose the computer or your phone, you just have to open the 16-word phrase and then type it in and then you have access again to your crypto. That's it. See? So it's not in... Even if the device is burned, if you have the 16-word phrase, you can get uh, your crypto. Ikaw, Mark, anong tanong mo dyan? So, have you tried, Mark, to get into Bitcoin? You know, before you go yeah, to... Yeah, meron time na ano. Meron time na I studied it. Yung time na papasok pa lang yung NFTs. So uh, I tried trading yung mga iba't ibang klase ng crypto and... Uh, Uh, at the end ano eh hindi ko din hindi ko din matutukan and uh, so I sold most of my coins then yung iba at a loss pero yan uh, ang ganda nga yung ganito kasi mas uh, I'm learning na kung where the state of Bitcoin is now and yun nga yung mga NFTs and yung ibang mga coins uh, most of them will go down then or will go down to zero eh. kaya yun naman talaga yung ever since Bitcoin, Ethereum, yun, yun talaga yung more stable and more uh, maayos na pagdating sa mga crypto and sa blockchain. Siguro ako lang kina-add lang, ano, um, for all the viewers that are thinking, ano, well, I don't understand it, I don't have time to look at it. You don't need to really understand it. You don't really need to look at it. Look at it as a piggy bank. Lagay mo lang pera mo, keep putting it, and just leave it there. Now I'll tell you long two hall, good stories. Hall. I'll tell you two good stories about that. Uh, number one, my girlfriend recently just got into Bitcoin last January. Alam mo ba? She didn't understand Bitcoin, but she keeps hearing me talk about it. Tapos sabi niya, my God, Chris, are you telling me this is gonna keep going up? I go, hell yeah. When? Habi ko this year it's gonna go up. January bumili siya at nineteen thousand dollars. And you know what people were saying at nineteen? Mahal, mahal sobra yan. And she goes, I'm gonna put in. Now, you know what? It went up to 25. Sabi lang, oh my God, ang taas na niyan. She true, put true. more in at exactly. 25. True, true. At $32,000. Sabi niya, sabi ng iba, oh my God, bababagsak yan. She put more in. Okay. Today, it's at 44. And you know what? She doesn't look at it every day. Well, actually, mga siguro once a week, tinitignan na niya. Kasi natutuwa yan. Nakikita niya, wow, tumaasa naman yung pera ko. Tumaasa naman. It's amazing that feeling when you're looking at your account and then pocket ng pocket yung value ng pera mo. That's why I tell people, you don't need to truly understand it. Alam mo, the smartest people in the world created this technology called Bitcoin. The smartest investors in the world are already in Bitcoin. The smartest investors, yung mga like the Winklevoss twins, are in Bitcoin. Now, why are they all in it? And you're not. Think about that. Uh, uh, one more story I'm going to tell you. Uh, ito, about forgetting it. I have a friend who uh, I was talking to about crypto and then nabanggit ko yung Ethereum. Sabi niya sa akin, this was March 2020. Uh, sabi niya, uy, meron ako niya na. Ako talaga. Check mo nga. So hindi na nga niya naalala yung password niya. Sabi niya, meron bang website na Binance? Sabi ko, meron. Sabi niya, oh shoot, meron na ako nabili. So she... Google, sorry, she she goes to her Gmail, finds her account, 
forgot password, access the account again, she opens it, and boom, long and behold, meron nga siyang Ethereum. So sabi ko, padala mo yung screenshot, titignan ko, meron ba talaga? Meron. Ito na. Sabi ko, magkano binayad mo dyan? Sabi niya, binili ko yan noong 2016 at binayad ko sa kanya yung first paycheck ko, $1,000. Bibili dapat ng iPhone. Hindi niya binili yung iPhone niya. Binili niya is Ethereum. Okay? At she bought 50,000 pesos worth. Okay. The day I was talking to her, she goes, why, how much is it now? Sabi ko, I hope you're sitting down. Because that 50,000 pesos is now worth 2.3 million pesos. She literally fell off her seat. She was like, holy shit, ibebenda ko na lahat to. Sabi ko, do not touch it. Then I explained to her the chart. Like I'm explaining it to you guys. This is where it's going. Why is it going here? What are we looking at? Sabi niya, okay, I'm not gonna sell it. Fast forward a year later. A year later, November 2021 na. She's messaging me. Oh my God, Chris. I go, I know, I know. She goes, have you seen it? I go, have you seen it? She goes, yep. Yung 50,000 niya na naging 2.3 million is, is at that time hit a high of 35 million pesos. She's 30 years old. Million dollar na siya. Get it? Yeah, oh yeah. Million dollar territory. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yun, so that's what I'm saying about you don't need to understand it. You just have to put the money and just hold it. Yon. Yeah, I agree with that kind of a long haul kind of. That's the you're not gonna get over if you're for overnight kind of you know yeah. uh, profit and all reach overnight you're gonna get into trouble you're gonna fall yep. for scammy ones. Uh, last point. Let's just say you know you're you, let's say an average middle class yuppie Filipino has say hundred two hundred thousand. Uh, you know, several thousand dollars in, in in you know excess fund, whatever that they can put into investments. What is your suggestion with that? You know, what do you do with a hundred, two hundred thousand? Oh, I would put everything in Bitcoin. <laughs> That's all me. in. Yeah. So that yeah, you you know what? May I irony nga nito, no? Um, because I I talk about Bitcoin a lot. Me, 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 smart ass guy who said to me, "Sige, Chris. Oh, you're telling people to." Put the money in Bitcoin. Pag natalo, are you willing to pay for the loss? You know what? Hell yeah. Pero itong condition ko sa'yo, pag, pag talo, I'll pay for the loss. Pero pag panalo, akin yung gain. Ganun lang, di ba? Well, that's so stupid, that mindset. So, palang, na. Palo ko natalo. Then if you... Yeah, you know what? For me, if you're so afraid to lose money, don't put your money in Bitcoin. Don't put, don't invest. Put it under your mattress if you're so afraid. Okay? Pero I mean, honestly... Naintindihan ko naman yung takot ng mga tao sa pag-i-invest. Ito lang sa akin. Ano? Um, put what you're comfortable investing. That you're comfortable na pag mawala, hindi ka naman mamamatay today dahil wala ka ng pera. Huwag naman ganun. Huwag kang mangutang para mag-invest. Yeah, Yun that's, mga a, good, that's a very good advice. I agree with you. And, and diba, don't expect a return in two months, three months right away. Because sometimes it might take six months, one year. Uh, or whatever. But but you know, the reason the insurance, but because remember, as correctly pointed by folks here in the US, for instance, your deposits are insured up to, I think, $300,000, not half a million or something like that. So so it's not like, you know, it's it's not like a bank run and all of that is a, is a constant reality. I mean, I'm just saying, my, my problem with Bitcoin evangelists is that they're exaggerating sometimes the uncertainty with the traditional methods. But I think to be fair to you, you also try to emphasize to us the other side of Bitcoin, which perhaps is not appreciated by the alarmism. Okay, Chris, there's so much more we can talk about it. Perhaps we can make even videos about, you know, step-by-step, step, how to do it. And please uh, also uh, try, uh, you know, tell the folks, uh, do you have, I'm sure you have vlog on, on your own vlog, no? You instructional step-by-step. Step. Can you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I actually have a lot of uh, um, very deep dives into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Just follow me on on uh, my YouTube. You know, mas malalim talaga sa YouTube ko. I am Christian. Uh, and yeah, if you want to know more, just message me. I'm always happy to share my ideas and my thoughts on Bitcoin. And and I uh, know, by the way, Richard and Mark, you guys don't have to apologize when you challenge me on these points, okay? At all, no apology needed. Not at Bro, all. <laughs> I love a good challenge, yeah. and I love a good talk. And these conversations, it is really what strengthens ideas, okay? And that's why I love it, man. So no apologies needed. And pushback is amazing. I sword, love sharp, pushback. Sword, sharp and sword, amigo. Uh, Mark, any questions before we go to the next part, which I think you have you have even more to 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 ask Chris Aguirre entrepreneurship because you are an entrepreneur yourself, right? Any questions? Oh, showbiz. December is part of the movie Sharon and Alden Richards. Yon, yon, yon. Shout out in the next episode. Sige, let's start today. Uh, shout out din natin sa next episode. Maraming salamat. Thank you very much, Chris Stan and Mark Gamboa for this RCM or CRM or MRC, whatever. MRC na lang para GMRC ang dating. <laughs> May magalit pwede, pwede. Senator sa akin. Thank you very much, Chris, for, for your passionate argument in favor of Bitcoins or at least people being a little bit more entrepreneurial, which is something we want to discuss in our next episode. Salamat. God bless.